Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Autism Stories. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience, and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their advice. If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. You know, I've talked about this on Autism Stories previously, but representation matters. When you don't get to see someone that looks like you, whether it's in media or in other walks of life, it really limits your ideas of what is truly possible for you. That's why I'm excited to talk with Kay Bauer on this episode of Autism Stories. Kay joins this episode to discuss being a model and the benefits that this brings to her and possibly others in the autistic community. Kay also discusses September being Suicide Prevention Month and what you should absolutely not do in regards to those that you might be interacting with that could be suicidal. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Kay, thanks so much for joining us on Autism Stories. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wanted to start out and learn where does your story in the autistic community begin? Well, growing up, I was really ashamed of who I was. I had a lot of internalized ableism. I was very scared about opening up, and I would do whatever it took to kind of hide that identity. I would overwork myself so it didn't look like I was disabled. I would do all that stuff. And I started finding more and more autistic people on Instagram and TikTok, and just seeing people like me and seeing people openly talk about my struggles, it really made me feel seen. And that kind of inspired me to make my own account, Unapologetically K, to kind of talk about it and feel like I, I'm in a safe place to talk about this kind of stuff. Now, something that you've done in the past that I was really interested to learn more about, and that's been um, your experience with modeling. In what ways do you see modeling in terms of it being beneficial to you in your life? Well, I think modeling is significant because I'm that representation that I didn't really get growing up. You know, I'm autistic, I'm queer, I'm curvy, and there weren't a lot of people like me that I got to see modeling. So I thought that that was never a possibility for me. You know, it was something I was interested in, but I just didn't think I could do it. So being able to model and being able to express myself and just feel pretty and feel like I'm making an impact means the world to me, especially because, you know... I didn't really feel pretty. I'm very insecure about my looks and about how I'm perceived. So I think that's kind of my escape from that and my opportunity to be what I want to be. What do you see as some of the challenges that you think modeling presents uh, autistic people? One thing I struggle with is like holding the same pose at the same face for a while. I get really tense and this isn't even just a struggle with autistic people. It's like a lot of neurodivergent people. And, you know, if I'm standing in the sun for good lighting, you know, I'm really sensitive to light. So I'm like always squinting my eyes. I'm always closing my eyes during pictures. So it takes a lot of tries. You know, like what people don't realize is like behind one good picture is like 50 bad pictures. You know, it's not like models have a good picture every single time. It's like a lot of attempts 
and you need to wait for that perfect moment and it just takes a lot of patience and you know if there's like an itch or this like piece of clothing is like poking me I can't fix it because you know I have to look at the camera I have to be really still and I find that hard to do especially because I have like ADHD as well so I think that's definitely a struggle for me you know not that long ago I had an eye doctor's appointment and I was I'm sitting there in the chair and my and the the eye doctor keeps coming up to me and, and moving my face because I can't sit still and, and I and just my face keeps moving <laughs> and it's and it's so I, I can't even imagine like keeping your whole body um, still for for all those pictures. Oh yeah, you know I just got glasses myself, and the eye test is like really hard to do, especially when they're moving that like blue light across your face. I could not do that. No, I'm I'm terrible with that stuff. That's broken because I sat on them. <laughs> I almost did that the other day. So thinking about modeling, what are what are some strategies you've found to help deal with some of these challenges? I think just taking a deep breath and not forcing everything. People tell me that I force a smile or I force a pose. And I think candids really help me because I feel like it captures my happiness rather than how good I look. And I think that looking happy is more important than looking pretty. You know, when I smile, I'm very insecure about it, but I'd rather have a picture of me smiling than a picture of me trying to look good and you know getting really tense and so I think that I found beauty in myself and found more confidence just seeing how happy I look doing something and having that be captured because you know you only see yourself in mirrors and in cameras you don't see yourself at your happiest moments you don't see yourself smiling and laughing and you don't really realize how beautiful you truly are until you have those candidates captured of you so I think rather than you know getting all tense and like holding this posture and holding this smile, I think that I've had better shots just taken when I'm happy and I'm interacting with life and I'm, you know, like doing something hands-on and not just like standing still. And I think that's what modeling should capture. I've been thinking a lot lately about non-speaking autistics or just autistics that would prefer a job with limited verbal communication. Do you see modeling as a good opportunity for these folks, or is there maybe more verbal communication needed in modeling than I realize? I really think it depends, but I think that it could be a good job, especially, you know, for that representation and not necessarily a way to prove that autistic people can, but just like as like that space, you know, like that community and I don't really think that a lot of verbal communication is needed to model. You just need some confidence and you just need, you don't even need confidence. You just need a photographer who sees the good in you and sees the beauty in you. Like a lot of work is done in the photographer. You know, both of my parents are photographers and they took pictures of me that I didn't even know would turn out good. You know, I thought, oh, I'm just smiling. I'm just messing around and they came out really nice because they were able to see the beauty in me and capture me at my happiest moments. And I think that can be true for anybody. I don't think that verbal communication is needed, just your happiness. For those listening that may be interested in modeling, what suggestions or maybe first steps do you have for them in starting out in in the modeling business? Well, I think that really 
find a style that you like, you know, don't be afraid to experiment. Don't be afraid to be unapologetic, like try different things out, kind of immerse yourself in that representation. Like I started following a lot of autistic models and that really brought a lot of confidence to me because, you know, autistic people are portrayed very negatively in the media and in entertainment. We're always the butt of the joke and it really brings you down. So I think that by my first step being following autistic models, engaging with autistic models, and that I see myself in them. You know, I see, like, my older self in them. They're, like, older siblings to me in a way. People I can look up to, even if they don't even know who I am. So I think that's a big first step, Hmm. is finding people like you and realizing that you are capable of doing that. When you reached out to other autistic models, what kind of feedback did they give you? Well... I don't think I've reached out to autistic models for modeling. It's more of just like taking in their content and looking at their outfits and like letting themselves, letting their neurodivergence kind of guide them, you know, like when they're stimming in a picture, when they're like expressing their neurodivergent traits, I think that's like, I think that's necessary and I think that's really beautiful and it makes me feel seen. So I think that's a really big thing for me something that society thinks is ugly represented so beautifully absolutely i'm curious you mentioned earlier about the importance of the photographer are there some things that you look for in in a photographer if in determining if that photographer would be a good fit for you well usually my parents photograph me which i like because they know me inside out, they know what makes me happy, and they're able to capture those. Even when I don't feel pretty, you know, I can be happy and feel really gross on the inside. And even then, they take great pictures of me, and it makes me feel good about myself. And I know that feeling good about yourself goes beyond outside looks, but having someone being able to capture your happiness because on the inside they know that you're happy even when you're not expressing it I think that's a very beautiful thing and I think that you need that connection with the photographer someone who knows you and knows when you're going to feel beautiful now changing topics completely September is suicide prevention month and you know I saw recently you discussed this crucial issue on your social media recently on a somewhat regular basis I'll see suggestions or resources in terms of suicide prevention. However, I'm wondering what are things people should absolutely not do in regards to those that they may be interacting with who could possibly be suicidal? I think one thing that a lot of people don't really consider is toxic positivity. You know, when people are like, oh, just cheer up. Oh, you're fine. You were happier earlier. Why are you upset now? You know, good vibes only. And I know that I used to be like that myself. I would just be like, well, just have a better mindset and you're fine. But there's such a deeper element to that where even though you want to be happy, sometimes you just can't be. And it's letting yourself not be okay and letting yourself reach out for help and processing those emotions and feeling those emotions because I really struggle with processing emotions. And I know logically something bad can happen in my life and I'll remember it. I feel like I don't really have an emotional memory, so I'll look back and be like, well, it couldn't really have been that bad. Everything's fine. I'm happy now. And I realize that that's not really how I should live my life, and I should process those bad things and let them guide me in a way and find some healing in that. So I think that 
when you say good vibes only, it doesn't let you process the bad. It doesn't let you grow from that. It doesn't let you seek the help that you need. So I think that's one thing that you should not do. And another thing is kind of comparing situations. You know, someone who drowns in two feet of water is just as dead as someone who drowns in 10 feet of water. You need that air for survival. And, and I heard that the other day. Someone said that the other day and it really stuck with me. And, you know, people can be like, well, I want the same thing and I'm fine. I don't think that really helps at all. I think that empathy is needed and someone can be going through the same thing as you, but it can hit them a lot harder because everyone grew up differently. Everyone processes things differently. So I think those two are the main things that people miss in regards to how to address someone who might be suicidal, struggling with mental health. Now, something else from your social media that struck me is at the top, at near the top of your Instagram page, you mention healing and learning about yourself through your creations. So that's certainly something so many of us need. What are the, the things that you've created and what have they taught you about yourself? Well, every background that you see on my account is my own pictures. I photographed everything. And like I said, my account gives me that chance to express who I am, find out who I am. It's given me the chance to be upset without being hateful. You know, like I said, I struggle with processing emotions. So these are things I didn't realize that I was upset about until now. And it's just about like how it's treated and things that happen to autistic people that are unjust or inhumane. And I talk about those because I know people in the community are listening and I know that they can relate to it. And it kind of creates that sense of community, and I'm glad that I can be part of that community. You can be upset about things that non-autistic people do without hating non-autistic people. I think that a lot of people question my account. They're like, why are you so negative? Why are you so mad at neurotypical people? And I'm really not mad at neurotypical people. But I am also allowed to express that upsetness that I feel without pointing fingers and putting blame on them. And it kind of gives the opportunity to listen to autistic people without sugarcoating anything. I know some people will take that different ways, but it kind of, it's my own space where I can kind of have a voice. Also learning through other autistic creators is like stuff that I've never thought about, you know, like they'll be talking about an issue or something that they go through and I realize, hey, this happens to me too, but I didn't know that this was related to me being autistic. I thought this was like something that everybody went through. So that's kind of what I mean by learning about myself is small details that I just completely miss that I bring back and kind of talk about. And I don't even realize how relatable it is. And it makes me feel seen. And again, it makes me feel like I have a voice. Small details can definitely go a long way. Now, beyond this interview, how can people learn about you? How can they connect with you through social media? Well, my Instagram is at unapologetically K. That's spelled K-A-Y-E. That's where I'm most active. I am working on building more social media communities. I'm building a Facebook right now. I'm working on having that be more active. I'm thinking about a YouTube channel in the future. I do have a Discord server. I am thinking about starting my own podcast as well, just kind of connecting with autistic creators like me. And, you know, just seeing where it goes from there. I do have my own website. I do have my own Redbubble shop where I do have some of the designs on my Instagram for sale. So that is at K Boyer, just my Redbubble shop. If you're interested, I will be uploading stuff in the future as well. I also have a TikTok as well, um, at Unapologetically K, same as my Instagram.
and just like what I did is engaging with autistic creators that really helped me find my voice is kind of just learning from them and following their path and admiring and appreciating the work and their labor that they put into have their own voice and educate neurotypical people and provide resources. Well, if you ever do decide to start your own podcast, I am obsessed with podcasts, so I will definitely be listening. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, Kay, thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate the conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Kay for the conversation. To learn more about Kay, check out the link in the podcast description of this episode. It was interesting to hear... Kay discuss her path to becoming a model. Every one of us has a different path to our dreams and desires. And Autism Personal Coach is often helping people to move down their path to get their desires filled. So if you have any unfilled desire, Autism Personal Coach is here to help you make that become a reality. So book a free call with me today to learn how we can help. A link to book the call can be found in the podcast description of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories. And if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they could have the same enjoyable experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would very much be appreciated. On next week's episode of Autism Stories, we will talk with Dr. Wen Lawson. Until next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.